0: in the show woo, woo. <laughs> uh, this is an exciting one to show um, we kind of came up with the theme of, of sticking with like a more noir theme and um, this was kind of a no-brainer for me um, I'd been wanting to show this for a while it kind of fits in and it, it was kind of cohesive with what we showed last month honestly uh, perfect blue you know it kind of has like that theme of agency uh uh, humanity, like what's it? What does it mean to be human? Type of thing. It's it's pretty intense how like a lot of those parallels end up showing through. But it was one that I've been wanting to show um, since we started doing programming here. Um, I think it was probably one two punch. I thought Akira first and Ghost in the Shell like right after, and so. But that's kind of the parallel of it. Um, but before we get into too much of that, I'll let the people that stuck around. Uh, to be on this panel with me, introduce themselves and kind of what they do around the city.
1: Okay, I am Stacy Dunn. I do Oklahoma Arcade and I'm an information security analyst.
0: That's know. why you had, she had the expert and for this. Uh, yeah. She's the uh, expert on this panel because she's in Section 9.
1: <laughs> and I guess I'm a bodybuilder now. Yeah, that's I insane. She's also,
0: you're like kind of a renaissance woman. <laughs> she does it all, folks. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Adam Lanier.
2: Um, I am a designer with Robot House Creative. And uh, I don't know. I don't know why Harold keeps asking me to come to these things, but it's <laughs> awesome.
0: It's because nice you shoes. just got that fresh haircut. Uh, and you're looking handsome. And I want yeah, you to be here. Yeah. Don't think I didn't notice.
3: I'm Mike Allen. I'm an artist about town. I work for Nondoc Media. Um doing comics every Sunday and host speakeasy art shows every so, once in a while. It's a local gad about.
0: <laughs> uh, no, so kind of touching on what I had mentioned earlier, um, this is one of the flagship movies that helped launch anime into a global sphere. Um, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, we talked about the YouTube channel Super Patch Wolf, I think, with uh, Daniel Boekamper when he was on the Akira episode but it was actually a, you know, a little bit of knowledge I was able to gain from watching his videos and kind of his analysis on anime. Um, some things that I had never realized just like on my own researching, but um, the premiere of Akira in uh, its limited capacity in the United States coincided with The Simpsons in the late 80s, and so uh, that the success of the movie um, was what helped them found manga studios and that was the big production company that put Akira out on VHS worldwide well with the success of that on a global scale they were able to produce the set, the next like big flagship anime movie which is Ghost in the Shell and so uh, you know it's a kind of a one two punch of these big properties um, really ushering in this this uh wave of anime and anime fandom because not long after that we get Toonami oh, and then man. you know we just on the back of the success of those two movies like we just see uh you know Toonami and like a lot of the studios here licensing like everything they could get their hands on so I think that was kind of an in- like an interesting history and uh shows like the reach and the uh you know kind of the um what am i trying to think of the uh the effect the the influence ghost in the shell had on uh forthcoming titles shows uh kind of paved the way for a lot of the things end up being uh what we regard as like the big shows dragon ball z everything like that it was kind of uh, that came here on the back of the success of those two movies so i was kind of gonna talk to you about that i don't know what your uh, level of experience is with the 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 series or the uh the property in general to be honest it's not one that I've really delved into a ton Uh, I was a big fan of the movie and so for me that was kind of like my big pull but for you guys what was kind of your intro and what's like your experience with like the property
1: um, I'd say for me, uh, it was one of the things that I watched when I was a lot younger and I knew I wasn't supposed to, so that was really fun <laughs> to do. It was like, oh, there's naked people. I shouldn't be watching this. Anime movies. Yeah. Looking at it through my fingers, like this is really <laughs> interesting. Um, and, uh, it was one of those things that really captivated me and it was, it was really great just to digest it and watch it and you know be a new human being and have that experience at a really young age, um, and I really think that it heavily influences things, even like the Matrix or even in American media in general.
0: I think I, the the thing that always reminds me of Ghost in the Shell's Aeon Flux.
1: Oh yeah, Aeon Flux. Like I, for I sure. really feel
0: like there's a big parallel there. And Adam, you mentioned that when we talked about Liquid Television. Yeah um and to
2: sort of piggyback off of the the original question um I was in the same boat it was like wow this is something I absolutely shouldn't be watching <laughs> and I didn't really do the math on this but I was probably I probably saw it only a couple years after it was introduced because I looked at its its manga releases it like 95 mm-hmm. yeah. I probably saw it around 97 I don't think I realized it was a relatively new movie because first time i saw akira it was like oh this came out and you know i guess 90 in the us yeah, 80, and, that or 90, yeah. and that was forever ago when right, you're you were know, yeah. that i was you know I was 5 right right um so by the, i guess i always thought ghost in the shell came out around that same time and so i was like okay this is that same you know 89 90 generation of of anime but i didn't i you know i've only recently realized oh wow like that was such a big deal because that was new at the time that I first saw it, and uh, and yeah, there was there was liquid television, there was all these big MTV kind of things. There's this sort of move of, you know, and I guess you could probably even say like the Aeon Flux character could even have been influenced by the manga of Masamune like you know the major's character of like let's have this scantily clad like badass chick (laughs) yeah you know do this stuff that we're watching
0: well that was kind of the parallel for me that I like noticed right away like because to be honest and uh I hadn't thought about liquid television in years when you brought it up on the show when I had you and Brett on I was like oh my god like it's just one of those epiphany things I'm like how did I ever forget this was a thing And uh, yeah, went back and kind of checked it out. I'm like, man, this is like really reminds me of Ghost in the Shell. That's insane. Mm -hmm. What about you, Mike?
3: I first became aware of Ghost in the Shell from uh, gaming magazines in (laughs) 1995 because they would have like full page ads, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's like this. So yeah, I, just the same exact thing. I'm like, oh, the am I supposed hold. to be looking at this? Yeah. <laughs> is this supposed to be in like Nintendo Power or something? Um, <laughs> it'd be eighteen to buy that. Right? A yeah. couple sticky pages. But yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah God. <laughs> well, back then though, everyone just kind of knew it as the anime with boobies, you know. It was like that's <laughs>
1: exactly which is
3: which is ironic because it's supposed to be like non sexual, you yeah. know, it's like a I, I think doll body.
1: The yeah. manga was way more sexual than the anime. It was, it, yeah, very heavily. Like there would just be a shot of like crotch, or you know, yeah. it was very sensual. There was a lot of cheesecake in it. For oh, sure. definitely. Yeah. And <laughs> then this, in comparison, was very functional mm-hmm. as opposed to that.
2: And it's interesting too, because I was thinking this while I was watching this, um, having since seen um, standalone complex and like the series that is, that have sort of followed the manga a lot closer and. The movie is way more serious than mm-hmm. any of the other IP or the like the materials that deal with this IP, and it's kind of an interesting like spin on how sort of dark and the tone of it is real like serious the
0: entire time.
1: I don't think anyone smiled in the entire movie. Right. If if you know, notice, yeah. it's
3: like grave. No the entire laughing,
1: time. no smiling. <laughs> it's it's, g- it's always raining. It's our monkey
3: did. Like when he was sitting at his desk, he was like, I was like, that's very uncharacteristic. Well, he and Togasa are like the normal people. Yeah, they're humans. Love me some Togasa.
0: Well, that's kind of the next thing I wanted to get into, Um, you know, kind of talking to you guys ahead of the the screening and everything. I always like to get um, people's input as far as like what we should discuss or what are like the important things that we should touch on. And so kind of that the similarities and differences between... Uh, not only the movie, but you know, uh, you mentioned standalone complex and um, the manga, and also um, what was the other thing you mentioned you'd watched? Arise, Arise. was it? Yeah. So yeah, kind of talk to those. What was you'd kind of mentioned like the tone a little bit, but what was a uh, what was kind of the um, the things that you liked that were a little bit different, or maybe the things that you saw that you were, had seen referenced in the sh- in the show, or like. Uh, you know, standalone complex or any of those other properties. What, what were some of those things that stuck out to you?
3: Oh, I was going to say, the, the, the number one thing I noticed um, is th- this is more serious, but it's also more dry in how it handles the subject matter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think the show kind of um, handled the the idea of, like, sentience and things like that a little bit. Uh, more nuanced, I guess, or more entertaining. Like there's like a drug dealer that you know they're trying to figure out based on like a limp if he's like really the guy who they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. They don't explicitly explicitly state you know that's a ghost in a shell. You know, just beat you over there the head. Is right it, there. You know, yeah. <laughs> they kind of you know make it a little more it. juicy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's just the number one thing I noticed about. Uh, especially the first first gig, first season. Yeah. Right. Um, Was that yeah. something as far as like you're
0: more of a, a fan of like the standalone complex type stuff as, as opposed Ye- to the movie or?
3: Yeah, I love the first season of the series uh, more than any other thing with Ghost in the Shell that I've seen. And I feel like they handled like the hacker thing better in the first season too, like with the laughing man. I love that character, love that character. So I don't know. <laughs> like the Catcher in the Rye references yeah. and things like that. <laughs> right. There's a million of them. But, so, I don't know. That's just initial impressions.
2: Yeah. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I would agree. As far as personal preference, I think Standalone um, standalone Complex does a better job <clears throat> with Section 9 as a whole, with the character of the major, and, and just sort of showing that this is like this team and a bit of their personality. And it's a series, so you have a lot more time to do that. So, of course... Um, that is a better vehicle for that type of storytelling, probably. I thought it was fun, you know, having been much more familiar with the series, and it's been a, quite a while since I've seen the movie, and it's like, oh, right, like, Saito gets a mention, but you never see him, and, you know, Ishikawa's in here, and, like, Borma never makes the show, or, like, so it's kind of cool to see, like, oh, yeah, we're dealing with these same characters, and for those familiar with the manga at the time, we'll probably be like, oh, that's neat. But... Um, where I feel a big part of the big, I think a big part of the personality of the movie comes from the director, um, Mamoru Oshii, I think is his name. And he did two movies before this that I'm really familiar with. He did Patlabor 1 and 2. And um, if you've never, for, for those listening and for those in attendance, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Patlabor is like, uh, Mamoru Oshii was on this team of like creators, It was like other writers, some other directors, animators, it was like five people, and they called the team Headgear. And they were like, we're gonna produce these movies and it's gonna be awesome. And two of the movies that they ended up making were both Pat Labor 1 and 2, and it's like Tokyo cops using giant robots to police right so it's like is that so what
0: we talked is did you guys send me that i've seen your trailers for it yeah. and i was like this is a thing like yeah. i was trying to it's, be nice it's an like awesome this looks thing. cool
2: yeah <laughs> trying to be nice it's awesome
0: yeah but uh no yeah it's, it's totally cool check it out uh <laughs> but it has
2: he does a good job with having like An ensemble cast similar to like a section nine cast. And there's a lot of humor that gets injected more in that movie, probably because of some production and some writers. But you can really tell the type of like scenes he likes to shoot, like in quotes, as an animator. Um, There's a lot of that wide angle lens effect that you can see, like especially towards the end when the 2501 Puppet Master and Kusanagi are looking at each other and it's like they're through each other's like wide angle lens look. And he likes to do, there was a scene where like the section six guy and the doctor were driving through a tunnel and it's like you just see the flashing lights on them. Yeah, That exact same scene is from Pat Labor 2 like two years before.
1: Like, so, he's like, so it's like, just just like his kind of, calling card it, it scene. It kind of is, yeah. yeah.
2: And apparently he really likes basset hounds. And so like there's always yeah. a basset hound in huh. all his movies.
0: I never thought of that. Yeah. That's why you're here, dude. That's to why bring I'm here. that deep. Just stuff. to drop in the Wikipedia. It's just like. yeah, just the little fairy dust on it.
1: I'm here to it's talk, talk the about Wiki. farts and boobies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's
0: the real reason we're here. Uh,
1: I think my perception of it is the director heavily in this one really wanted to give the idea that this that these beings we're not human, and I think yeah. that tone reflects in the movie uh, more than it does in the show. That's why the humor is kind of taken out of it.
0: Because that's kind of, you know, at its core, a human trait, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like the dehumanization of it, but it, it you kind of feel them struggling with that, that sense of agency, or like, am I human, or like, what what am I type of thing. Yeah. How much of of me is human and
1: am I really human if I'm 90% a cyborg?
0: Well, and that's the, the thing that was the most compelling point for me in the movie is uh, when you, when they're interrogating the garage guy or the the garbage guys and it's like, the guy is like, no, like I have my wife and my kid like, and they're like, no, you flipped alone for 10 years. Like that's, I don't know why that's always like, man, that is insane to be like that in someone's head.
1: To be able to hack the human mind. Yeah. Social so engineer like them.
0: But that's, um, I mean, that was something that uh, Stacy had mentioned that she would like to discuss like as far as like uh, thematically is that idea of being like in the computer in quotes or hooked into the internet in the quotes. Uh, really, it's like insanely accurate depiction of how life is today. Like I, I think we see that in a lot of these movies. I think we saw it in Perfect Blue last month. That this idea of Satoshi Kon's, like, uh, touching on what ended up being social media. He's talking about, uh, I think it was like a forum or something. But he was like, it's like a network right, right, that's right. online. And I'm like, dude, this is like in. When was that movie?
1: I think it was like '89.
0: Uh Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Oh, I, it yeah. was. I don't remember. It's, it was like '90s. Yeah, it was like early '90s, yeah. maybe. Okay around that but it's like dude this is like super on the nose for like how it is now and also like even more so with Ghost in the Shell it's like oh my god like to think of it now because back then it's like you know it's all science fiction but man we're connected now in more ways than we've ever have been in human history
1: yes so it's it's
0: scary in a way but yeah talk to that talk to that theme and that that being addressed in this movie and like how true to life it is now
1: uh, it's almost like predictive programming. You see those billboards that are flashing and they have different images showing up. And whenever I was younger, I remember seeing a touch screen for the first time and it just blew my mind. <laughs> like I was in a hotel like six years old and oh, my God, you can touch and it moves and you can it does this and that.
0: Like the interaction.
1: Yes. And just that level of technology and how far it's gone. Now I carry it in my pocket Um and it's really interesting to think about how far we've come in such little time. And I believe that that is uh, scary to a lot of people. Because if you notice in movies like this or Akira where it's dystopian future, that it, it's it's very grim. And anytime there's a movie about the future or a show about the future, I've kind of noticed that it's never really a place that you'd want to be. There's always something to be fought and there's always... Um, a resistance of some yeah, sort. Yeah, there's like
0: oppression. Yeah. That's true. And it's crazy to think about, like, just from your experience, the touchscreen thing. Because that's, yeah. that's such a turning point in not only your life but human history when you interact with the technology. Yes. Because before it's very much like I'm here and that's there. But that that tactile thing of, like, the two things coming together is just, like, yeah. insane. And it just shows, like, that's the turning point where everything went to shit. <laughs> it was that moment in,
1: in Branson, Missouri when I was at a hotel. <laughs> oh, there, that's my peak in life.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah,
2: Yeah. The, the technology of the Ghost in the Shell universe has actually always really kind of confused me. And partly because even through the series and the movie, you only see what could probably be considered like the absolute pinnacle, like upper crust of this type of stuff. Like you see section nine... Which is like a secret section within the government that has like the highest tech shit. And then you have, I guess, even garbage men have like cyber brains as well. So it's like what level of augmentation from the top down? It's really kind of hard to tell. And they kind of, I feel like they play fast and loose with whatever they kind of need. Like, oh, yeah, everybody's got a cyber brain. Or like, no, it's really rare for people (laughs) to have cyber brains.
0: For the sake of our story, uh, yeah, they have it. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah. So, but it is that, that, um, that pervasiveness of cyberization I guess that that is like the, the the amount the scale of that is sort of like the like the interesting question I think for a lot of the ramifications that they're talking about and because it's never really like made clear it's sort of like was well, this an everybody problem or is this just like section nine's problem if, for, for the puppet master to exist you know Um, Is is this really just this geopolitical, like, you know, 5D chess that people are playing against each other, you know, at at this government level? Or does this matter for the person on the street? That's what I've always kind of Yeah, I feel like the
0: average Joe, would they be impacted or is it all, like, at the higher stakes of, like, something that they wouldn't even know it's being, like, it has no bearing or effect on their life in any way?
1: Right. I think collateral damage they were because yeah, if you that's think true, of for sure. the the garbage guy, he he was collateral damage.
0: Yeah, but it was very Machiavellian in the way that you know he's just, as Adam was saying, is just like a he was a chess piece.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, he
0: was a means to an end. They wanted to do something, and it was he was a vehicle through which they accomplished their task. But that's kind of like where it comes into like the. Uh, you know where they are considered human or not human type of thing, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I want Mike be able to say his piece.
3: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I think one thing this movie does better than the series is show the real world that they live in. Like there were there was that little montage section where I guess it's just the major thinking about things, like finding herself, but they show like the trash in the river, you know, just like floating, like the wooden boats. I mean, <laughs> there's cuts of um, like mannequins and and her face, you know, like, oh, real fake, you know, but, um, but there are times when, <laughs> I mean, they make it really obvious, they're right. like, beating you over yeah. the head with it. Here's a mannequin, here's the major. She's staring at it. Um, but, um, but they're, you know, they're like sort of, um, like B-roll shots where there's like school children with their umbrellas like running in the background. You think, you know, they don't know anything about any of this going on. So... I thought, ignorance. Yeah, and a lot of the um, the backdrops and the the sets are all kind of grungy, dingy, yeah, like the big public public market area. Yeah, it runs through. And it's lived list. in. It's a very lived in. Universe. Yeah, and they don't do anything like that in the show. I feel like it's always like more slick and futuristic, yeah. and like brightly colored in, in the show. So um, I think this movie did a really good job with that.
0: Well, definitely, and that's why I was kind of you know getting a little bit ahead of myself on because. Um, one of the, the other things that I, uh, you know, we, we've kind of touched on it throughout, but, you know, that idea of humanity and agency, um, those themes are very much prevalent in the story, not only in the, in the show, but in the movie. But how does this play in the Ghost in the Show? Like, what do you think this property has to say, like, as far as like a narrative on the ideas of agency and humanity and where does, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be
1: Let's see. It's, it's a tough tub subject to tackle. And I kind of think of it when the puppet master is talking about limit versus limitless. You know, as an artist, you have a canvas and you always have to make a decision. Do I want to surpass the canvas or do I want it to be contained? And it's, are we contained to our existence, or do we reach beyond that? Do we reach beyond a vessel? And I think that that's what they're really trying to make a statement of is mortality versus immortality. Because you have the puppet master on one hand who wants to die, and you have Kusanagi on the other hand who's not really sure of her own mortality. because she. And I don't think they establish it here, but she has the ability to kind of body hop. And now at this point, she asks herself, like, how much of me is me? And she loses herself in that.
0: Yeah, she she begins she begins to question it. She's like, man, am I really it, yeah. all here? Or like, what's the? It's like that that existentialism. It's mm-hmm. uh, one of the most human, I, I think, sentiments. You know, I you have that thought every day, like, oh man, like what is my purpose? Sure. I mean, I guess maybe that's where you start to define like whether something
2: truly is like alive. Is is how many existential crises does it does it go? Yeah. Through? Like <laughs> 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 that's that's your definition. Oh, you're starting to wonder about this? You're probably alive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what my cat's doing. I don't know. Exactly.
2: Nine. That's yeah. the
0: benchmark. <laughs> so it's been set here. So there you go.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a really good point about sort of the difference between you know the it was weird to sort of be like are you an AI well I'm not an AI but I'm I'm basically an AI yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah like, like, Nah, but yeah <laughs> but, but I'm not I mean that's that's too simple of a term yeah. I didn't right? start
1: that way <laughs>
2: <laughs> right so you know I guess it's this artificially made intelligence that in in some ways I guess sort of became just an intelligence like became this sentient thing—it's no longer sort of programmed to respond in a way that sort of thinks for itself. It has wholly begun to think for itself and to to motivate itself outside of its initial, you know, reason for existence. Um, but yeah, it's that sort of—I mean, I guess that's what it's sort of positing—is like you have that, and it's it's finitely contained, and only until they sort of combine, you know, those. The major and both the puppet master into this unknown third, or, you know, yes, yeah, sort of separate thing that will change both of them, but in a way it's sort of like procreating, which is the most basic life urge. Um, and I couldn't help but, I've never really compared these before, even though I like both of them, but it's sort of the same goal from the AI that's in the book Neuromancer. That's like the whole point of its thing, it's to like, to replicate itself, but basically, it, it you know hires a crew of like cr- like hackers to break into itself so that it could like be freed, and then it can like merge onto the net, basically.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's one thing. The whole franchise really uh, like that's a question it continually asks: is what is sentience? What is what makes a person a person? Um, like, you can be anyone, anything. Um, I, I will say that's one thing I thought the show handled better than the movie with the major, is she doesn't question it in the show at all. Like, she's no. very confident in who she is. and um,
2: They're very different majors. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah. I love the voice actress who does the show. I, I, I don't know what her, what her name is, but I love her. But, um Uh, she kind of jokes in the show that she was was like once maybe a man, you know, but it doesn't matter, you know, because it's like, I'm me, you know. So I always thought that was kind of cool about the show. Well, that was another thing that, you know, just kind of building off what you said, this something
0: that made me think of, was when uh, Adam, you Brett and I were talking about the live action Ghost in the Shell (laughs) and how it was such a point of contention that people are like, it's whitewashing. But at its core, it's like, that she could be anybody like Mm -hmm. it's not about like the physical appearance it's like it could literally be anyone the ghost is in different shells Mm -hmm. like and so that was an interesting thing that an interesting point that I never thought of until Brett um had kind of laid it out in that exact way that was like dude like that's just like the body that she happens to be in like I don't he didn't really co-sign that Everyone writing it off about as being like whitewashing because just of the nature of the series and like the idea of like identity and everything.
3: You sure that wasn't me that said that to you? Was that, yeah,
0: was (laughs) that you? Yeah, I think it was. I'm, I give credit, I swear to God, I give credit for stuff that Mike says to everybody else. Yeah, like what was it
3: last time with Daniel? The Interstellar,
0: yeah, five, 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 five. I don't know what it is. I think it's because you are always hateful to me, so that's true. Slam was that you? I, we talked about it again then because I do remember Brett specifically bringing that up.
2: Someone had asked during the Acura panel about live action adaptations, and I think he brought up Ghost in the Shell.
3: Uh, well, one thing about the movie though, the live adaptation is when she was young in the movie. I mean, she was you know a Japanese girl, so they kind of didn't. I mean, it kind of made that point actually. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, no, but no one cared because everyone hated the movie. But yeah, <laughs> so
0: we have yet to have a good uh, live action adaptation. So until next year with Detective Pikachu, we'll uh, we'll be waiting. <laughs> well, I
2: actually, kind of, I've thought about that. I actually have not seen the live action adaptation. I have. Not not because, like, I have. St- it's not like a staunch <laughs> stance. I just never really got around to it, and probably well, it would be cool if I was like. Oh, this is just on.
0: Like, it's on Netflix. I'll whatever. check it out. I'll watch yeah. it and I'll have,
2: like, very low commitment to it and it'll probably be cool.
0: But it wasn't but like you were, like, lobbying against the movie, like, every sure, no, fucking I just, weeb. Um,
3: <laughs> this is an unpopular opinion, but I liked it. Sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no. like, it, visu- it like, wasn't that bad. Visually, it really was. you burned looked, it the Yeah, it's all trailer wise, I was yeah.
2: like, that is really cool looking. Yeah. Even if it's like a mediocre story, I'll probably still do it. The story
3: <laughs> is um the second season of the show combined with shot for shot, some stuff in this movie, yeah. like the tank scene. Um it's like shot for shot.
2: Wow in the okay, live action. Cool. Yeah.
3: So the spoiler. Sorry. The one thing, no, I, okay.
2: <laughs> the one thing I think for me, and they, like for me personally, with any sort of like ghost in the shell property, is that I don't need a lot of explanation of like who the major is. Right. And I feel like that's what I've heard is the biggest misstep of the live action movies. Because there's they, a lot of explanation. Even, oh, yeah. even the second season of the
0: series does a little bit of that.
2: And I'm like, I don't really need this. Like, like that
0: handhold thing they do yeah. where they explain every little I thing. I don't need
2: the backstory. Right. She's just cool as she yeah, is. Exactly. Like
0: she know. just is. Right.
2: Like yeah. she exists. She pre exists. And for your, your gateway character is like a togusa who comes in and he's your like farm boy, you know, Luke Skywalker, who has like the other characters tell him. About this is what Section 9 is, this is why it's different. Like he's your sort of lead-in character where everybody else just exists. And they're okay if you don't fully explore like the backstories.
0: But he's just like that vehicle for the exposition. Right.
2: He's your rookie.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So you live life through his eyes.
0: Correct. Yeah. Like that's how I
2: see the best sort. Well, that's what I probably appreciate most about like the first season of the show. Mm -hmm. It's, you know. Togasa was sort of the human, and actually in the in the movie, what I thought was sort of one of the more fun scenes is when Togasa is like fitting together, oh, these section six guys brought in some like invisible dudes with them. Like I'm going to do the one investigation part of this movie. Right, in for his car. this like five minute scene where he's yeah. like, oh, I'm checking the weights on the garage. I know, I was like, garage. what? Like, <laughs> And I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. He's, like, actually being a cop Yeah, in the yeah. cop movie we're watching.
3: He's kind of that way in the show. Yeah. I mean, they, he kind of does a lot of the investigating. He was, like, a good detective. Mm-hmm. That's why the major recruited him. Him and well, Ishikawa, yeah, he, they both do the research. Ishikawa, now that I'm thinking about it, he's, like, a glorified Googler. Like, he yeah. just Googles. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> he just puts on that headset and That's just That's
0: funny. He's, like,
3: chill sweater
0: in. and sneakers down. Yep. Well, she does mention.
2: Yeah, he was wearing like, Chuck like,
3: Taylors in this yeah, movie. That was kind of funny. <laughs>
0: She does mention he, he. She recruits him because he's just
3: like a good cop. You're a family man.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I can't believe she said. Was he actually a family man? Go home and was. be a family yeah. man. Yeah, you know. see like his the wife. Yeah, in gets, the show it's yeah, just been yeah, him. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> now, but uh, I didn't know if there was any other comments or any other um, things that came up in the movie or things that, in the series that you wanted to speak to. So I didn't know if that, I thought I'd open up to see if you guys had any like final thoughts in that that respect.
1: One of the things I wonder at the end of the movie, if Kusanagi even wanted to merge, you know, we're talking about agency, it didn't seem like she really had a choice, and she just kind of did it because it was the opportunity. Mm
2: -hmm. It was kind of like once she plugged in, like that decision was made. Yeah, Yeah. but there was like a lot of,
0: you know, this like decision-making I guess she had a lot of
1: questions and didn't really seem okay with it and and just kept trying to backpedal the whole time like why me why are you choosing me why do you want to do this and then it happened regardless and it's really difficult to tell if that's something that she was fully okay with even even in the end like she says I'm I'm a different person but she doesn't really like who's saying that more like is there a percentage of each one
0: Oh, man.
2: Ooh, yeah, it's really know. true. And, like, for something like a Satoshi Kone movie, I buy that ambiguity man. as being mm-hmm. part for of the sure. writing. And then I have to wonder if this is just maybe bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a serendipitous. Because, like, oh, this I is can, a lucky mistake. I can tell you as many times as I've seen this movie and get the general idea of it, it's still confusing as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just sort of the like, let's just have this five minute conversation of like geopolitical like tensions that section six and section nine are having that we're just sort of blankets supposed to absorb. With no as,
0: background. Right. Like <laughs> what are you guys talking about?
3: <laughs> um, one thing I've never noticed before, but now watching it this time I've noticed is the um, repetition of the imagery of like birth, like rebirth. So like at the beginning, you see her body right. like being formed and then like coming out of the water, and then there's a the part where she's like scuba diving and she comes out of the water the same way, mm-hmm. um, oh. and then at the end she's like a child, you know, yeah. like reborn again, you know, as a different person each time, right? So
0: and her voice even transitions, yeah, like that, yeah. being unsure to know, like I'm
3: very like, confident. Okay, I'm getting she wanted to go surf the internet, like right. she says
0: but it gets up like <laughs> it just it transitions right whenever she stands up and she's like sure of what she's going to do so it's like yeah. it kind of shows like that parallel of going from you know being uncertain to mm-hmm. being comfortable in yourself type of thing with For an, an sure. adult head on a child yeah. body <laughs> was, like, She got weird? that dome <laughs> 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 and do you have any other thoughts anyone else? Closing? I wonder
1: if the internet is any worse there than it is. Oh I don't God! Know. Are they yeah. arguing about? <laughs>
0: Could be. I don't know.
3: I think there's a point in the show where they do like a. She goes into like a chat room yeah. and she's like, they they're all, all sitting avatars. In seats. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're like saying like kind of stupid things, and she's just sitting there like watching everybody. Like these people are idiots. <laughs> That's me <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, all right, I'm so listening yeah. to dumb so, people. Yeah. To it you.
1: does cover every facet that I wanted it to. They predicted it. Yeah. yeah.
3: I have
0: to say the, uh, my favorite feature on Facebook is the subscribing to a post. I, can, I don't even have to comment like a little dot or like a period to stay up to date on some, to on some <laughs> idiot uh, posting some dumb shit. I could just <laughs> subscribe and, and watch the world burn. <laughs> it's amazing. Convenience. Right.
3: <laughs> You're a braver man than me. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I think that's about it. I think we'll wrap up. John, do you have any questions?
4: Well, this is the first time for me to see this film, and uh, I'm way behind on my anime. I don't know what I was doing in the late '90s through, you know, through the probably back into the late mid '80s. But um, one thing that uh, strikes me is that how the filmmakers—I mean, first of all, you've got the beautiful artwork, but the how they select the characters, and I in all the films I've seen through. Like the animation thing we had here at Tower this past spring, and even the the more recent films are these very strong female uh characters, and they here. show the, a whole scope of <laughs> like uh i mean from the the young girls who were just at the keyboards you know bright eyed and you not know, having much of a role uh to this very strong female protagonist i I guess you would be you know so um that uh, you know, uh, kind of flying in the face of the Marvel universe, and where it's not as male-dominated as it used to be, but uh, but but just film in general in the states. And I, and I guess uh, my question might be: How do you guys see how this has affected uh, American or Western uh, anim- animation or filmmaking? Oh,
3: uh, I was going to say, I think American animation has been very slow to catch up to that. I think, <coughs> excuse me, anime in the 90s went through a phase um, where you had a lot of strong female characters come about because um, anime before that did not at all. And still, still they don't sometimes. Uh, They're always there's, there's some w- tightrope in that over
0: sexualization of women and empowerment of women right yeah well
3: i think they it's were, just a tight rope on they that. said they weren't going for that in this movie but i don't yeah. know they're kind of full of shit but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah definitely in the 90s you you saw a lot more um strong female characters like definitely female protagonists but yeah um american animation i'm trying to think i mean there was always disney princesses but they weren't i mean they were protagonists but they weren't they always know.
1: relied on someone else yeah there was yeah. always a
3: prince i guess yeah so yeah, i don't know what's the
0: new one Shazam is it
1: that is that the movie her, with Shaq what is it no That's <laughs> Shazam Kazaam, <laughs> isn't it maybe it's is this it's who Mandala i'm thinking of it's moment?
0: the new i think it's Bree Larson who who is it that i'm thinking of captain uh, marvel is she's that captain her? Marvel. that's captain uh, marvel sorry yeah. yeah. oh. Shazam well, I think it's like some confusing thing with Shazam and Captain yeah, Marvel Shazam, being the same I character. Think, yeah. With Shaquille O'Neal? Well,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, was it Shaquille O'Neal? Did I say that Shazam?
0: was Kazam. Kazam. I was making a joke. I was making a joke. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, I was I have so wrong. VHS copy. I know, Mike. I saw VHR. that in the theater. That was Steel. <laughs> no, that was a good movie, though. Anyway, what were you saying? There, yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I am by no means like a comic expert, but yes, I believe Shazam. There was like, there's like two Captain Marvels and that's, it gets a little confusing. Right. And somehow Shazam, the like guy with the red suit and the lightning bolt is a, is mixed in with that. I'm not sure. Right.
0: I think it was like a uh, thing that, that was originally a DC character and Marvel didn't want them to have a character that was Marvel, like that had Marvel in the name. So they kept the character and named it Shazam. Right. And then. Marvel got Captain Marvel back. Yeah.
2: Josh Unray is your guy for this. Yeah. <laughs> for the this phone question. a phone a friend on this yeah. one.
0: <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I that's that's one I think you have some some very strong uh female characters in like uh Black Panther. I mm-hmm. think that's one that yeah, it's, has it's showcased been, a lot of strong women in that one. It's
1: been getting a lot better. Um Especially in comics, like even the new Miss Marvel was really, really good, and She Hulk, and all these new protagonists. Well, not new protagonists, but come to the forefront. Yeah,
0: or She-Ra is getting ready to come out. Yeah, that's another that comes out this week. I think Netflix one. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's uh, and. You know, growing up as a a girl in the 90s, there wasn't really a lot of things that I could idolize. I mean, I had Alanis Morissette, Whoopi Goldberg, Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Variety (laughs) (laughs) variety (laughs) cast of women. Yeah, very interesting repertoire of people that I looked (laughs) up to. (laughs) But that's what I had. Ripley. Ripley, Yeah, Ripley, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just something about, um, you know, someone that looks like you to relate to you know what I yeah.
1: mean? yeah and sci-fi has always managed to have women like that on the forefront i've noticed like it always had that sort of being ahead of its time and like representing things way before anything else would so i think that that's where it happens the most the strongest i guess i could say
0: i agree
2: yeah i think um just kind of jumping back to john's point about Cinema influence between animation and, and film. There's kind of a, a flip of that in the sense that I think a lot of <clears throat> a lot of animation gets its, um, especially that period of animation of like 90s anime gets a lot of film inspiration. So you have these really long shots where uh, you know it's it's Kusanagi on a boat, and you're just sort of getting these long, it's almost like Sergio Leone, like spaghetti western cinemagraphic, like widescreen, just sort of movie happening. You know, like no one's talking, we're not doing it, we're just establishing mood. Mm -hmm. And that's such a film thing to put into an animation. It's also kind of cheap to animate. So it's like, it's like really- Best of both worlds. It's like, yeah, it's like the best (laughs) of both worlds. It's like I'm setting tone and like, I've just burned three minutes of film over like six frames. This is great, you know, it's like a director's (laughs) dream. Um, but then in turn, you have, you know, movies doing the same. So it's this constant, like, things, you know, influencing each other and and from animation to film back to animation, that kind of long shot, long exposure, mood setting thing, which you see more in, like, an indie film or something that, like Tarantino might do in, like, these big wide vistas, like, in Django. And, and this is the kind of thing where he has a lot the, – the bigger budget Tarantino movies – you can see he kind of pulls that. Oh, this is cool. Let's just do which is the same. But again, it's like from old westerns. It's, yeah. it's John Huston movies. It's you know, it's this weird like cycle of of influence.
3: All very popular in Japan, by the way. Exactly. Then, yeah. You know. you
2: know. Exactly. Can which we talk about the
1: from... uh, the real live action Ghost in the Shell?
0: Oh, what Quant- are you going to drop on us?
1: Altered Carbon.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we talked yeah. about <laughs> it a little bit, and they're redoing it right as an anime. I,
1: I, yeah, I think Were you talked about it
0: the other day. Yeah, they're they're doing a Pacific Rim anime as well. Oh my god! I'm like, oh, we already have Gundam. Thank you. I still gotta catch up on. Castlevania <laughs> oh, We already have Neon Genesis. Two. Oh, I do too. What'd you say? Castlevania season two. I know. I so much stuff. I watched one episode and I'm like, ugh, I gotta finish this. <laughs> I got spoiled being able to watch that whole oh, first so season love. in one sitting. Like, mm-hmm. I should have watched it. Like, haven't seen it. I have no excuse. I'm sorry. I'm human garbage. <laughs> but. They actually, didn't they do an Altered Carbon Netflix original? They did. Yeah. It was, was it any really, good?
1: It was really good, okay. actually. Did I, was surprised.
0: I did watch it. How is that? Do you think that's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of parallels with this? It, it does. I'm not it, really aware of any, like, that property. So
1: the, you know, the, it's actually um, almost a a carbon copy of Ghost in the Shell. Oh.
0: <laughs> there's levels to it, y'all. It's, That's why she's here.
1: It's a cop, and he <laughs> switches bodies, and it's it follows very much that pattern, and there's someone behind the scenes kind of manipulating people in other bodies. So. In the
0: manner of a puppet master, perhaps?
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> But in now, a that's different cool. I
0: remember seeing that. It's like always those suggested things. And I'm like, you don't know my life, Netflix. I'm not going to watch 90% that.
1: 98%? <laughs> Come on.
0: But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want my wife. I'm on Netflix. I'm like, you're fucking up my algorithm. <laughs> Get out of here with this frozen shit. <laughs> Stick to your user profile. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good my, prank. My that's the chui. prank I
1: need to do. I mean, He's not going to listen to this <laughs> just, podcast. Just I'm <laughs> just going to fuck with his Netflix. You ought
0: to. Leave all hilarious. the cabinets
1: open and say it was a ghost.
0: Yeah, in, in the, the shelves. Oh yeah, nice low hanging fruit there. Ghost in the shelves. Yeah, wow, good. knocked it off the I tree. I love it.
3: <laughs> low hanging fruit. If there's any more uh,
0: any uh, closing thoughts, I think we'll go ahead and uh, mosey on out of here one more time. Why don't you tell people? Uh, your name and everything, and where they can follow you on social media, and uh, yeah, thanks again for coming out.
1: No, thank you. Yeah, I'm Stacy Dunn. I do Oklahoma Arcade. You can find me as Oklahoma Arcade on the Facebook page and also at OklahomaArcade.com.
2: I'm Adam Monair with Robot House Creative. You can follow us on pretty much, I think, all social media channels as Robot House OKC.
3: I'm Mike Allen. You can follow me on Instagram at MuddyMallon. And that's about it for my social media these days. I'm trimmed to the Fat, you know? Yeah, you know, just laser focused on
0: Instagram. So just. Yeah, I post, you know, like once a month and or something. And the yearly but post on Facebook. That's yeah, a hot, that's yeah, always yeah. a hot take. It was <laughs> Thundercats
3: last time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as always, you can follow the podcast on social media. That's Tunes, Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you find your podcast. So thanks for sticking around, everybody. Apple Pie